and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's just that simple, folks. This week is episode number 61, 61. We're featuring the one and only Mr. Jason Robertson, craftbeerbranding.com. Some of his portfolio includes Mad River Brewing, Cisco Brewers, Russian River, Highland Brewing, The Brewery, and much, much more. So check it out. We are trying to convince Jason to join us on the Instagram tip, but he is not there. You can find him on Behance as well as Dribble and LinkedIn. So many websites, folks. So little time. But we thank you for joining us. It's a real nice opportunity to get to speak with Jason, learn about his career. He's been in the game almost two decades now. It's nice to meet someone of my same age also in this. And he just really has a unique perspective. He loves his job. He loves what he's doing. And he's got a great portfolio and really some great beers and breweries uh, that are a part of it. So you got to love that. I'm really happy that we we're able to, you know, connect with Jason. Came to learn, you know, in speaking to him that he is a fan of the podcast as well, which is beyond humbling. Every time that somebody tells you they listen, and I'm talking to you directly, it really means a lot. We're, you know, we're building something. We really have something special here. You know, we have our event this summer, July 14th to the uh, 29th in New Haven, Connecticut, the Art of Craft Beer Show at the Keller Liddell Gallery. And we're just each week trying to push the envelope, kind of like the little engine that could, like the little podcast that could, and just growing. And it's through feedback and just interactions. Try to respond to every message. You know, I've gotten some emails recently I need to reply to. And it just uh, never, you know, it, it just uh, it never... It, never ceases to amaze it's just really really impressive and really glad that folks dig this little you know niche we have here and we just continue to grow and you know find our little home here in the in the craft beer scene so it's really really just like to thank everybody for the positivity the feedback the interaction the messages aj at 16ozcanvas.com is the email i will get back to i promise and you can also obviously check us out via the World Wide Web at 16ozcanvas.com. And 16ozcanvas is where you find us on all the social sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and probably some other sites that we're, you know, not really sure. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast on. So we thank you for that. It's, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. So a little more administrative stuff. We're happy to announce that our event this summer we are going to be working with and proceeds will be going to the CTASRC yes another acronym stands for the Connecticut Autism Spectrum Resource Center so they're really a great organization a great nonprofit here in Connecticut you know they've done some you know amazing work and been a great source of information and support for my family and just really excited to be able to you know, help them and work together so Ticket information will be coming out in coming days. We're going to have some ways you can give back. We're also going to be having a few events. We're going to have a family day at the gallery. You know, be really conscious of you know sensory, visual, and you know auditory 
levels and things of that nature for the families so they can also not only be you know, the charity and you know the nonprofit that we're supporting, but also you know engage and enjoy. And so really excited about that. Just confirmed, you know, probably earlier today or depending on your listening to this, obviously, uh, Dan Blakesley, Hetty Topper, Focal Banger, Dan Blakesley Music. He'll be performing at the studio on the 21st. That's Saturday, July 21st. He'll be performing live at the gallery from 6 to 8 p.m. Look for more information on that in coming days. So we got our hands full, but... You came here for episode number 61, Jason Robertson, craftbeerbranding.com. Let's just get right into it. Roll up the sleeves. It's Friday. Well, actually, it could be Tuesday. Maybe it's a random Thursday. Maybe you're just, you know, maybe you're just kind of binging. I know people binge Netflix seasons. Let us know if you've ever just binged a couple episodes, but that would be super cool. Just getting into it. Maybe just crushing the whole 12-pack. We got the 7th uh, season coming up, our 7th 12-pack. Got that all locked down. Everything is confirmed. So we'll post that on the site in the coming days. But let's get right into it. Episode number 61, Sesenta Uno, Jason Robertson, craftbeerbranding.com. 16-ounce canvas. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us craft beer vet himself, Jason Robertson, checking in from the West Coast. Thank you so much, Jason. This is usually where I'd ramble off your portfolio, but I think that would probably make this segment way too long because your you know, portfolio of you know amazing breweries, just to name a few, Sierra Nevada, Man River, Highland, you know, Cisco, Dogfish, the brewery. You see where I'm going here? It's uh it's pretty impressive. So really excited to be able to get you to be uh You'll be on the show today and uh, you know showcase you know some of your extensive portfolio and wisdom. Wisdom is what you're going to have and share with us today. No, <laughs> pre- you, no pressure. No pressure though. Well, I've got a lot of a lot of something to go around. That's for sure. That's all right. You've been you were saying before you've been doing it for you know almost two decades, right? So something must be working. Definitely, I got uh, got in at the right time. That's for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. So. So like yeah, like I said, I mean, if you, uh, you know, Jason's website, craftbeerbranding.com, gets right down to it. Um, you remind me uh, a lot. I think you guys have hit it off really well. Nick Gamma, who's, you know, he does a, he's here on the East Coast. He's kind of the yin to your yang. I feel like hops. His website is uh, Hops and Branding, and he's been doing it for a while also. But I think you guys would would hit it off. And kind of looking at the 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 branding of the site alone was really smart. I think Craft Beer Branding just kind of. Gets right to the point, craftbeerbranding.com. Everybody go check it out. Like I said, the portfolio is is extensive and extremely impressive. So, you know, really excited to, to have you in the, in, in the mix today. Thanks. And, man, it is so out of date, too. I got to tell you, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hard to find time to put stuff on there. Um, yeah. You said you listened before. I always say if it's up, if it's yeah. too up to date, then we definitely uh, you know, we definitely question that, you're, that things aren't going as they should be going. So, uh I, I see that as a good sign. Others don't, but I, I usually, having done it uh, freelance, know that your stuff is never, you know, is is always the last to get updated. So it's been a, it's been a little surreal. You know, the sixteen ounce canvas doesn't get as updated as, as much as we want, but we've figured out you know little tricks here that make it look like it's getting updated more than it really is. You know, so that's always, that's always kind of a, a good good trick to have. Use you know update one site and it populates a few others. 
Yeah, you know, and a lot of the stuff on there is just the stuff that I've done since I left Sierra Nevada. Um, I didn't, out of respect for them, I didn't want to put, like, you know, everything I've ever done uh, for Sierra Nevada on there. Otherwise, I think that would have been, looked like a, you know, Sierra Nevada page, basically. Yeah, Sierra, yeah, SierraFanboy.com, right? It'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you you you, you mentioned you used to work at Sierra. Kind of, well, let's kind of take a step back from that. You know, what's the... You know, what's the Jason Robertson story? How did you get into to branding and you know design and, and graphics? You know, wh- wh- where did that come from, and how did you kind of get here today? This is always a weird question. It's like summarize your entire <laughs> your life or your passion. You know, but the the floor is yours. So you know, take it away, Jason. So so it's kind of funny. Uh, I started off you know growing up playing music actually, and uh, graphics and art was my backup plan. So. I always felt sorry for my parents uh, that, you know, those were my two goals in life. Um, so, you know, the music thing, I tried doing the music business for many years. And I found that the higher I got in the music industry, like the worse the people were to work with and for. And it just, I burned out pretty quick. And I'd always been doing uh, art and graphic design as a hobby and, you know, some freelance stuff here and there. Um, but I, you know, I sort of t- decided to take this step back and I moved back to my hometown. I started doing some freelance work and I landed a, a freelance gig for Sierra Nevada. They were doing a TV show and they needed some graphics for like the DVD cover and, um, and all that. So, you know, my first real design gig was for Sierra Nevada and I was the first full-time designer at the brewery ever. So it was pretty cool. It was, uh, Got in at the ground floor there. It was uh, Ken Grossman, the owner and founder, um, the vice president, Steve Harrison, and myself. That was the entire marketing department. And so my first big label I ever did was the uh, English-style IPA for Sierra Nevada. And literally, Ken Grossman sat over my shoulder and dictated the design for me. It was so terrifying. And... Um, so that was my first big uh, brand that went nationwide was a, that IPA. Then we did a brown ale and a bunch of other little projects. Um, I worked on the Summerfest um, that they used for probably five years, those graphics, seven maybe. And the company just was exploding. So like I said, I got in, it was just the three of us. And um, by the time I left, there was probably 50 people in the marketing department they were about 450,000 barrels a year production when I started. And when I left, it was over 1.2 million. And so I was there as this company that had been around for a long time, just completely exploded. It was crazy. And we could do no wrong. It felt like it for many years, like anything we came out with, I felt like we were just going to sell all the beer. It was crazy. So, it was it was a great place to be because everything we did felt like a huge success for so many years. And that's kind of my story. So I was from this, you know, musician uh, that sort of landed himself in the beer business. And then once I started at Sierra Nevada, it was pedal to the metal from day one. There was um, it was there was more work than anyone could ever do at any given time. I probably still true over there, even though they have a big team. But uh, it was crazy. And so I got my, you know, I got cut my teeth on some really cool projects and learned, you know, to do literally everything related to beer. I've designed 
tap handles, buses, you know, trucks, and <laughs> in addition to packaging and signage and weird neons and websites. I was a webmaster there for a while. It was it was like we just did everything. Uh, and what's so cool for me now, working with all these small, scrappy craft brewers, is that they're like we were back in the day. All these, uh, you know, young teams of guys that are way in way over their head doing 10 jobs. And I love that. And I love working with them and I love helping them out. Uh, so many times the brewer is the head of the marketing department and is the event manager. And and it just feels kind of like home to me. I feel like when I work with those up and coming brewers that are doing all that work, um, it just it's awesome to be a part of that now and have my experience. Whereas when I was in it, I was in way over my head most of the time. There's no question about it. So, uh, uh, you know, but now having the experience, uh, it's really fun to be a part of that, that scrappy startup entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, um, spirit. Yeah. And I think that especially as someone who's a musician, I know I had a stint. Uh, I was never able, I was never a player of the music. I was a manager and I did, you know, I was a jockey as you've probably heard before, but I think it just really, once you kind of have that scrappiness in you, it's really, it's really, uh, it just kind of comes a part of you. And so it, you really just kind of, the idea of wearing multiple hats, while from someone on the outside, it seems crazy. Like, well, that's not your job. But it's like, but when you're in the thick of it, you're just, this is, no, it's normal. Like chaos is no, becomes normal. And so probably working with, with some of these smaller brands and you're able to kind of come in and kind of heard the cat so to speak it probably gives you a you know a huge advantage and i i know they how much i can only imagine how much they really you know appreciate having some of that that guidance not to you know make you sound you know we're probably around the same age you know but you have that guidance from you know your life experience that you're able to kind of bestow on others so i think that's that's great i've man i got yeah i do not to but i've just seen it all like um on weird levels too um you know so i can anticipate when i see something come across my desk that's like they want to promote something really bad you know i'll see stuff or legal you know requirements that aren't met and stuff all the time and i do push back and say hey you know this label looks a little or your idea here is probably going to be considered marketing to children let's not do that and um or you know as an example and sometimes that, that pisses people off to hear um but then they come back and they thank you and they're like wow i'm so glad you you know you headed that off and Thanks for calling us out on that. Um, or a lot of times I'll get asked to, you know, rip something off, basically, like straight up, you know, steal something from Star Wars and you just you can't do it. And they, they don't like to hear those things, but it's like I'm saving you so much headache right now by not designing that for you. Yeah. And I think to that regards, I think that's kind of I've seen it more now with the point of purchase, like out of the brewery door that I feel like folks are more willing to blatantly do that and knowing that well this is a one or two off beer you know but with with labels that are going into distribution and what have you it, it can really cause all sorts of major headaches but it's definitely become it's definitely become a, more, a, a grayer line these days I, I feel like just blatantly kind of you know it's, it's not even on it's not even kind of questionable it's so obvious what they're trying to do sometimes that it's kind of it, it just seems a little you know, it says, see, you know, cease and desist written all over it. And I, you know, I do have a lot of integrity for the work I'm doing and I want to create original works. And that's really important to me is to do something new that it's, you know, it's fun. It's fine to riff off of something, but to me, it's not, 
it's just there's not a lot of creative value in stealing <laughs> if that makes sense well right because i think that right when you're i mean as a musician or when you're first starting right you're maybe you, know, you really like calvin and Hobbes, or you know you like you know hendrix or whatever and you're trying to or a certain blues guy you know you're trying to learn and a lot of times when you first learn to play you're just trying to learn the riffs of somebody else or you know learning your favorite songs or in, in that style you know but eventually to to have your own it needs you know it needs to be your own you're not you don't have to come up with a brand new art style or you know a new way to string your guitar but you know there's definitely there's there's definitely the, the what's yours and what's a a blatant ripoff you know i don't mind a cover every now and again but i definitely my favorite bands are cover bands if that if that makes sense well and it's like bruno mars doing you know the song in the feel of an era it's like i that's how i sort of treat those projects like i can communicate a genre of art without totally ripping it off um and maybe bruno mars isn't a great example because i'm not yeah. sure how that i was gonna say jason he's yeah. he's, he's uh, about as close as it gets to being a, a modern modern day cover band i mean he's he's good and he's smart and it works it works i mean he's a party starter right you put a little bruno mars and i get my ass moving but oh, yeah. the more and more i listen to him like this stuff like when you, oh this sounds like no that is like that is that <laughs> okay, is it. But, yeah but it's fine though because i mean I, I it's tough i mean i think we go down that rabbit hole you know uh, you know the sample versus you know whatever and you know looking at uh you know the under pressure you know ice ice baby you know argument and whatever you know it's like you see where it goes but um i, I definitely admire that and I, I would i would definitely say your work is you know unique i think one of them, one of my favorites you know is the ovilla series i think that's really one of my one that stands out to me and i was just kind of very excited that, that to to know that was yours. And that's another thing. I kind of like geek out on this. I'm like, oh shit, that that's Jason's. Like that's awesome. Like I can't wait to, you know. I just think that's such a unique you know label um, that it really kind of stood out to me, especially the the texture of it and where where that label you know it, it went over time. It kind of evolved and had you know different variants of the that beer. That and that was boy, one of the best beers Sierra Nevada ever made was that first Ovala with the the dark uh, dark blue label. I love that beer. I love the brand. It was such a cool project to be a part of. I like that was one of the ones I really just really dug in and wanted to put everything I had into. Um, and it turned out great. And they used it for years. I think they changed the art in the last couple of years um, or last year or so. But that, I love doing that project. And that was you know all hand drawn and. Um, and it was just really a lot of fun. Yeah. So what? So in that in that vein, you know, what what is your process? Um, you know, I think that you know, especially with the the technology allowing time saving or you know shortcuts here and there. You know, what's been what's been your kind of your go to process? You know, from the, the imagery, it looks like you know you start with a, with some sketches and then kind of let it evolve. But I don't want to you know put words in your mouth. How, what, what's what's your process? Yeah, so I, I do find that I'm getting more and more hand hands-on uh, in terms of like just hand-drawn stuff, um, f- like even fonts. I'm just bored with fonts, so I just draw my own letters a lot of times. Um, it just feels it's more fun. It's more authentic to what I want to be doing. Is the actual like drawing with the pencil and paper is part of it. So I do try to do as much of that as I can get away with, and so I'll do sketches and then. When I start get it starts getting messy and my erasers stop you know, doing all that they could do. I just I go okay, it's time to scan this and clean it up and color it. So I'll do pencil sketches, and then I'll I'll scan it and color and Photoshop is my process. 
and I uh, I don't like I used to find clip art and then look at stuff and um, you know as reference more and now I'm just like man I can just draw that faster now just than looking for reference images and all that and it's just like man if you can just pull it out of your head uh, it's a whole lot more enjoyable and uh, sometimes faster too so I, I do find that I'm trying to drive myself more and more to the pencil and paper I think you get more authentic ideas and then the end result is always way better it's just it's just more natural it's not forced um, so I'll start with thumbnails little thumbnails tiny little squares and do the basic packaging architecture I'll put you know here's an example with the logo big at the top and the beer style small here's one with the beer style big and the logo small and I'll kind of go through every iteration of of what the overall package could look like and then just start kind of fitting the art around the architecture so to speak and and so that's how I do my design exploration and I'll do I'll usually do at least 12 to 14 sketches for a client uh, depending on the scope of the project if it's something they just need quick you know I'll just do it on the computer sometimes not even sketch but um, you know for the most part it'll be you know pretty exhaustive exploration and then we'll take out of those 12 they'll say you know I like this part of this one I like the font over here colors on this one and then we'll you know kind of piece those together and then put together another iteration and then hopefully just sort of drill it down through usually about two or three stages and then and then that's it and then we make it into a box and a label and a can and all those other good things so you're you don't with the ideation period or when you're back and forth with the client it's not you don't find it's restricting because you had to hand draw that to make your changes or you're kind of when you're designing the the, the different versions you're you're kind of mentally knowing how you would move the pieces from, you know, maybe I like this one, seven and eight. And, you know, you're already kind of two steps ahead, knowing if they pick different pieces, how they'll work together for the next sketch. Uh, usually, usually by the time it gets to the client, it's all digitized. I mean, I'm not, I don't send them just rough pencil sketches. I'll go through and clean everything up in, in okay. you know, at the very least. Uh, so even if they're getting a pencil sketch, I'm going to go through and just erase stuff. Cause, cause, I have guide marks all over stuff for my own, you know, the, the sketches aren't pretty ever. I always hate when people want to see my sketches. I'm like, you don't want to see those. They're, they're more of like just a help for me. And I will draw stuff in pieces too. Like if, even though something may come together, you know, as one, all those individual pieces, a lot of times are just, are drawn as sketches, you know, and then put it, put together in Photoshop. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was, that was, I was, yeah. that was, I was going to say that that would, that would be painful, I think, if you had to re redraw them every time. But it's a, it's amazing what folks can, folks can do. What what seems crazy to me is, it seems natural for others, and and vice versa. So, you know, I've learned I've I've learned a lot every week here. So it, it's it's amazing to me. Well, I mean, I'm constantly re redrawing in Photoshop, though. I mean, I I have a tablet. Um, I don't do the Cintiq thing. I know you guys talk about like the Cintiq where people draw directly onto the screen. For me, there's a couple reasons I don't like that. It, it, I find it kind of hurts my body. It's an uncomfortable thing to do, like drawing on those. I always feel weird physically. Um, and then I don't like the way like my hand touches the screen. It just feels really unnatural. So the whole thing. So I've actually trained myself to have the tablet on the side, and you know, you sort of have to disconnect your brain from your hand a little bit. Um, but I do like working that way. Um, so once I've scanned a sketch in and I've gone through and cleaned it up. Usually it doesn't, it, it never leaves the computer at that point. I may add things or redo, you know, 
elements, um, but usually it's it's all digital from there. Well, yeah, excellent. So now, what is the the, the life cycle? How, how does that how does that work? Are you are, are there some breweries that you're doing all their labels, or is it is it contract work? How how is that? Which what's, what's the normal? Do you have which of the breweries that are you kind of working on all their stuff? Or how how does that go? It's different with a lot of folks. Like so, the brewery in Placentia, for example, um, they'll just send me a creative brief, which is a couple sentences, the name of the beer, and they they'll say, "Hey, you know, we need a label for this. Um, give it," and I'll give them a range of options based on a real short creative brief. Um, I do know their brand pretty well, so we don't have to, you know, go into a lot of detail. Uh, a couple, like Mad River, for example, I've done all of their labels, so. Um, it's a little bit different too. I have do feel like they give me a lot of creative freedom. Um, they'll basically come to me with a name and, um, you know, I just kind of run with it, give them some examples. The, you know, Highland is, is probably, I do a lot of work for, and, um, you know, it's a little different there because they had a design firm redo their core packaging, like, you know, several of their year round brands and, one or two seasonals. And so for them of filling in gaps of stuff that the design firm didn't, didn't work on, you know, we can, they can save a lot of money by going just to me for, you know, line extensions rather than going back to that design firm. Um, so I think, so a lot of work I do for them is based on creative that, it, you know, someone else did, but I like it. It's busy work and I love designing boxes for some reason. It's so like, I just love imagining how like end panels come together and I don't know why it's just really fun for me. Um, and so, so I do like doing that kind of work. It's not all art. A lot of, a lot of the work I'll do is straight up graphic design, brochures, trucks, weird things like that. Um, and then POS, like I do a lot of tap handles too. So, um, which is crazy. Uh, that's, you know, it's a whole another ball game when you're talking about tap handles. And I do a ton of those. I'll probably do one or two a week tap handles for different breweries. And it's the same process. It's just a stick instead of a bottle. Um, so I get everything. It's pretty cool. I have a really diverse range of projects that comes, come to me. So that must be fun when you go out to the bar or, you know, you go, and you're just kind of like seeing, it's like, oh, how much of this you know, how much of my stuff is going to be here today, considering you're kind of touching all different points of, uh, you know, of the, of the beer process. So it's exciting. It kind of pisses me off when I don't see something I've done. I'm like, it's <laughs> wrong. It, you know, and it's funny. Uh, I'll just say, you know, the part of the reason I left Sierra Nevada after so many years, I was in Atlanta at a, uh, world of beer bar and there was thousands of bottles of beer in this place. And they, you know, three bottles of Sierra Nevada, and, um, and it like, I was just like, man, I felt like I'm a huge part of this industry. And yet when I go out and I want to see my work out of the thousands of bottles in this place, there was only, you know, three pieces that I'd done. And I was like, man, I've devoted my life to this industry. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's probably going to be three beers that I've done on the shelf. And that was a real driver for me to start my own business and start working on multiple brands. Cause I did want to see my work out there. I want to go to the supermarket and see, you know, five, six packs that I've designed and let my kids, you know, I love when my kids were walking in the supermarket and they're like, yeah, daddy did that one. It's like, it's pretty cool. I, I love seeing my work in, in the wild. 
Now, do you do you deviate, or I mean, do you work in other, you know, CPG or other packaged goods, or you know, wine or any other kind of spirits, or is it? Have you been lucky enough to just work in the beer space? I have one da- uh, local dairy that I work with. They're the Sierra Nevada uh, Cheese Company, actually. Um, so obviously that's sort of how that all came together <laughs> the sierra nevada connection not related whatsoever to the brewery um uh, only in name so i do that one uh, dairy company they're awesome to work with uh, one of my favorite clients um but everything else is beer i don't know i cannot break out of beer it's the funniest part every time i uh i try to talk to people in wine or spirits they're just like now nah, you're the beer guy so I haven't had any luck, um, which you know might sound weird because I think a lot of people are trying to get into the beer space. But it, I just, I'm, I'm, this is what I do. I'm the beer guy. I've been deemed the beer designer by the industry, and I, I'm cool with that. I'm like, I'm owning it now. So I'm like, you know, this is just going to be my niche. Um, so I'm not trying to get into other spaces at all. Good on you, my friend. Yeah. Now, when you were uh, when you were gigging, did uh, and oh, let's let's go. A little back in time, what was that? What was your your band name or names? Well, it's funny. I actually played uh, classical and jazz trumpet, so um, that was my thing. And I so it, I played started playing music as a teenager. I was playing professionally uh, in my teens with jazz and and classical groups, and um, went to college for music, and you know ended up taking all the art classes while I was there. And um, so that's my story. It's not really. Uh, it's not a rock and roll story, although I did roadie for Nine Inch Nails <laughs> one time. Um, yeah, uh, so I've got a lot of friends in the music business that do that side of the, you know, the rock and roll side. Um, but no, I was definitely in the in the other side of the the camp. Ah, uh, you threw me off because your uh, your icon has you. Well, I thought it was you playing a guitar, so I was thinking. Oh, you know. right, right. Well, I do play guitar actually, but um, but you know, younger life, it was uh, it was a little more serious. Okay, yeah. Well, hey, it all all the uh, the roads lead us to where we are today. So it's all yeah, exactly. So I definitely uh, right. Who who would have thought? Right, you're, you're a professional musician now. You're on a, a beer podcast. So I, mean, I, I don't know which I, <laughs> one could argue the directions. You know, maybe going different than expected, but uh, you know, right. Here we definitely are different than I expected. That's for sure. Well, yeah, it's interesting, and I, and I like the aspect we were talking about, you know, your kids and, you know, being proud of your work. I think it's important, and I think that art and design now, I think now more than ever, obviously there's always been labeling and branding and graphics throughout time, but I, I just think that it really, in the last, you know, few years, decade, you know, it really just, it's a it's a viable path, and at least it's being more accepted, so I think it's really especially important for you know folks like yourself with kids it really just kind of leads by example of you know following what what makes you happy and doing something you know which isn't you know, cookie cutter or you know status quo so to speak it, you know it is cool and to show them that you know being self-employed um you, you know I, I love sharing that with them that you don't need to work for somebody else to be successful um that that's that's been really cool to show you know show them and then also just the flexibility of, you know, my schedule now, I'm able to see, see them a lot more. And, um, I were just really, really lucky right now. I can't believe how lucky I am. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I could not agree more. Uh, family is the most important. So and we are back. Yes, we are. 
really enjoy speaking to Jason. His story that, you know, a musician and an artist and early days in Sierra Nevada, really jack of all trades, wearing multiple different hats, probably some different shoes than, you know, probably has now down to the present day where he's, you know, he's self-employed, running his own business, you know, proud dad. That shit really just pulls the heartstrings in, in the most positive way, you know, possible. I think the example that we, you know, obviously for each other, you know, as uh, adults and fellow humans and, you know, earth shares is important, but just kind of uh, hearing those stories, you know, makes you think of, you know, Jason at Ink and Lead Designs, you know, just other artists who are just proud to, you know, be working from home and their families and their kids, especially seeing them, seeing the hustle, seeing the hard work, what goes into it and just being proud, you know, nothing, you know, makes me prouder, you know, is when the little guys will, you know, even when they come in here and I'm recording and they interrupt or what have you and they'll just say, oh, you know, dad's working on his podcast or dad's doing an interview or, you know, just something like that or they see me work on the website. They're little dudes, but I just want the, you know, you want to instill that in them. And hopefully not only just, you know, for kids, you know, we've come to see, we have, you know, different segments of people that listen to this, you know, fellow artists, beer lovers, people at different stages of their career. And I hope that, you know, I would love to hear a success story that somebody was inspired to, to take a chance or, you know, keep moving forward with themselves after, you know, listening to this or listening to a certain interview and maybe, you know, and if there's somebody that you're speaking to or you're listening to this and you, you hear something, you know, I can't I can't promise anything, but reach out. You know, we'll try to connect you with the artist. Like I said, we're building a community. Everyone is legitimately just kind and good people. You know, it, very little of what you hear each week is is edited. You know, just in the beginning, kind of the, you know, the the introductions and just kind of speaking to each other for the first time, you know, that's usually edited, but for the most part, 95% of what you're hearing is, you know, true to form. I'm not trying to edit anything to make these folks seem different than who they are. You know, we have different energy levels or storytellers or, you know, points in their career, but these are all really genuinely good people, and that makes me it makes me appreciate the beer even more. So it's really nice, you know, it helps... It helps, and it's just really been a very positive experience. And Jason is another, you know, another great example of that and his story and where things are and just what he's doing. And he really loves his clients. He loves his work. He's you know takes pride. You can just you know, it's hard to it's hard to bullshit pride. You know, it's hard to really you know being proud of something. You can you can say you're proud of it, but when I talk about this project, when I talk about all of you, and I talk about everything we're doing, I get excited. I want to talk about it more, and you know. I don't walk around with, you know, 16-ounce canvas tattoo or, you know, a uh, huge T-shirt or, or billboards. You know, I'm definitely not always uh, promoting what we're doing. But when someone wants to talk about it and they're genuinely interested, you know, it really, you know, really touches and really uh, is really positive. So I can just hear that in Jason's voice. It's something that we share and really just uh, really glad that, you know, he reached out and that we, we were able to, to make this happen. Like I said, I now have some great friends from all over the country, all over the world, who I genuinely look forward to, you know, having beers with in, you know, in the future. And so Jason is definitely out there in Chico, out there in Cali, some great folks. And who knows, maybe uh, 
Maybe at some point in the future we'll do the Art of Craft Beer Cali edition. West Coast style, we'll throw them up. You know, East Coast, West Coast. You know, it'll be less, you know, less intense than, you know, Biggie and Tupac, but it could still be pretty cool and, you know, see what happens. So you're listening to episode number 61, Jason Robertson, Craft Beer Branding, craftbeerbranding.com. Come on, Jason, join on Instagram. Let everybody see those kick-ass designs you're working on. Show us some of those sketches. Let's do it. Make it happen. So that's our little our little push for Jason to, to join the Instagram revolution. It's a it's a popular site. It's definitely going to be taken off. All the kids are doing it. Beer pressure. Feel it. It's been really cool, and we're having a great time. So I'm going to stop talking. Let's get back into it. Part 2, Jason Robertson, episode 61, 16-ounce canvas. You know what to do. So what is the, the typical project uh, life cycle, you know, for, for, your, for your work? You know, weeks, you know, obviously we've heard horror stories of days, but, you know, what's, in your situation, it, I think it's, it's different with, you know, with the, the full branding aspect of it, but what's, what's kind of the, the typical project life cycle? Usually I'll get um, somebody will give me a heads up that it's coming. And then uh, by the time I, then I'll get like a short brief typically, which will be some an email with some reference images and a description of the project. Um, always a name. Um, honestly, I've, I've done a lot of beers without a name and they, they say, oh, we're going to add the name later. And then they end up naming it something that is, you know, completely demands specific artwork for that name, you know. So I do like to have a name before I get going. Um, but but typically I'll do once I get a, a project brief, it'll take like two to three weeks for me to turn around a range of sketches, depending on the urgency of their project. And, um, you know, from there we'll do it'll be like, a you know, they'll take a look at it for a couple of days and then there'll be a week for the next round of revisions. Um, and then usually they'll take a look at that and usually we're tightening things up. And honestly, six weeks is a long time for the process. For sure. I would say it's usually about a month I can get from start to finish with all the approvals. And, um, it's, it's pretty typical a month to maybe six weeks for some big companies that have lots of layers of approval that they have to go through. Uh, I have one pretty, pretty big client that, um, they have to, you know, just send files back and forth to, to different people and get input from multiple people. And that's where it takes a long time. So it's not like the development time on my end that takes a long time. It's the getting feedback part that usually takes the longest time. Yeah. The, the red tape, the more, yeah, the more tape, you have to, the more hoops you have to jump through, which is fine. But yeah, definitely. I've, I found that, uh, the more cooks in the kitchen, the, the longer the process, not necessarily in the, in the creation stage. The, uh, I'm going to just tell a quick story. My best, my favorite year at Sierra Nevada, um, you know, I went through a lot of different, I had a lot of different supervisors. I think I had eight and 11 years, but there was this one year I didn't have a manager. There was nobody supervising me. So I went through and like redesigned absolutely everything. It was the greatest, like most prolific year of my career. I went through and like we tightened up all the, like, uh, the seasonal packaging architecture, uh, the, the year rounds were all looking like a family. The specialty brands had a hierarchy and a you know communication strategy. Everything was just so tight, and it you know it lasted for a couple of years, I think, until you know they hired a bunch of uh, marketing folks to change everything. But um, I do feel like um, you know having less people involved um, is an advantage a lot of times. 
And so for me, when I think back to those early days, you know, with Ken Grossman sitting over my shoulder, um, as scary as that was, we got that label done in a day or two because it was just two guys making some art and, you know, putting it out there for people. It wasn't this committee decision. Um, and so I do, I really like, you know, like working with Vinny at Russian River, same thing. It's like he and I hash this thing out and, you know, we can put something together and put it to bed pretty quick. Um, you know, but then you start getting all these people that want to put their, um, you know, their thumbprint on things and, you know, change things just to, for the sake of changing them. A lot of times it feels like, no, that's, that's where it gets painful. Um, so, you know, that, like I said, so, you know, now working with these smaller companies, I do feel like it's these smaller teams, they're nim- more nimble, they're able to make decisions quickly. And at, at the end result is a better work, I think, because they're, you know, there's a lot, you're just kind of letting the artwork come to life and not trying to force ideas into the communication. So it's, I, I'm big on storytelling with my label work. Um, that was, you know, if you look at like the uh, Sierra Nevada State Ale, there's actually a pretty cool little story just in that visual. And, and same with the Ruthless. Um, and those were pieces where we hired out illustrators um, to do that work. But there was a story that went along with it. And, you know, the hop the, or the estate harvest was sort of the Jack and the Beanstalk you know, on hops for hops it was this, this tale of this, you know, this hop farmer that, you know, the, you know, the, the field went nuts and swept away the, the house and that kind of stuff. I mean, and that's where I think it gets really fun and you get really quality work when you're, when you're thinking about those things, you're not like, it's not just this superficial idea of, you know, here's a draw a picture of a, you know, a girl standing next to an old Chevy um, it's like, there's a real story there, um, with ruthless, uh, Ken Taylor did the artwork for that. We had a, the story that we we're trying to tell with that visual of this was the struggle of, of this woman on the label, but also of, of the, uh, the rye. So it was a rye IPA and we wanted to tell the story of, you know, the, the struggle that, you know, the rye, rye is really grows in really harsh conditions. And so we wanted to tell this sort of this story of struggle with that piece. And so you see this woman that's, you know, in this, in this field and she looked, you can tell that she's had some struggles and it's it's just cool. So there's depth to that um, rather than, you know, just throwing a a pretty picture on a label. So that's what inspires me. And that's what kind of like keeps me going is like, I like to build those things in if nothing else for my own um, entertainment. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, I'm happy to, to see there's none of that, you know, just uh, awful, awful puns or, you know, uh, you know, um, I don't know how to say it in an appropriate way. So scant, I guess scantily clad, um, you know, uh, just kind of, yeah, eye candy, so to speak on, on your, on your works. So I do, I do applaud you for that. And I, and I, I definitely noticed the, the stories and the, the intricate kind of, uh, details and, and stories that are that are being told um subtly that you have to kind of look at and kind of really discover which is great yeah so many of the artists that i you know love and admire you know that's what i love and admire about their work is it's not necessarily the the technical execution of the work it's the it's the story that they're telling and that's what was so appealing for me as an art director about the gig poster world was the stories that were being told 
um, by those artists. And to me, the the best artists in the world are or were, I should say, at the time, uh, were working in that that space of rock posters. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that that's true now. I I feel like with the demise of the gig poster website, it, that that some of that has gone away and. Some of those guys are maybe doing some different things, but um, there was a time when it was like, if you wanted a great artist, um, that was the place to look. And I remember Ken Grossman telling me, he's like, he's like, can you find me an artist that doesn't do rock posters? He was kind of sick of it at, at a point um, because everybody I was bringing to him, you know, every example was, was a rock poster, basically. But it's those guys are telling those really cool in-depth stories it's they're not just drawing something there's 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 stuff going on there's a there's a tale to be told in the work and that to me was so exciting about you know creating branding for a beer is that the opportunity to not just you know you can tell a story in words but to tell a story visually is so much more impactive so and i just and i I do miss that about um the industry and where it's going now i feel like that we're losing that and so if you look at like modern times right now, what they're doing as a brand is absolutely brilliant. They've got this, you know, locked up architecture and they just change out the words and the colors for every beer they come out with. It fits with the industry now. Like that's perfect. Like that's what you want now um, because they're going to change the flavor of beer, you know, every month and they're not marketing individual beers. They're marketing modern times. But, but I think we're losing that 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 sort of the connection that you're going to get with a brand that really tells a story and i feel like that we're going to we're we're moving to a point where the industry is just going to completely become a flavor of the month and these like long-term brands are really going to be lost in the shuffle uh, especially in the next 5 years and everybody that comes to me for work now just wants like a packaging system where they can just switch out the name. Basically, they aren't coming to me as much for, you know, I've got this great name for a beer. We want to come up with a real strong visual that accentuates that, um, like just because they're not committing to individual brands like that anymore. So it's it's a it's really a it's just a constantly changing uh, dynamic. But I do see in the next, like I said, five years real dramatic simplification of the labels that we're going to see interesting yeah i i'd have mixed feelings on that because i do think there are some i do think i think the fact that now the labels are becoming more being much more seen with social i think it it may cloud the waters but i don't know necessarily that it's um, yeah, I think there's just more. There's more to be seen out there than there was before. Before, I think that if you really wanted to see it and share it, you had to really go to the liquor store. And I think now with the being able to buy beer at the at the brewery and, and taking it home, it's. It, I think it's caused uh, an overabundance of, of visuals, which I think it can be uh, positive. But I think that not everyone is willing to to make that com- that commitment to to the uh, the labels as a as a piece of the the brand and the art that goes with it. So. It's interesting. I think we're I think we're in a good place, but I, I definitely, you know, from your your perspective, I see I see folks who are trying to probably shortcut things. You know, have you make this interchangeable setup that's not necessarily uh, uh, with the best intentions? The reason they're doing it is probably just to save a couple bucks. Well, that and and like I said, the consumer is so finicky, and they want to they don't want to drink the same beer twice in a lot of cases. So like 
there's just not that consumer commitment to a brand. And so for breweries to, you know, invest a ton of dollars into a new beer, um, you know, is sometimes not, you know, not appealing to them because, you know, especially for something that's just coming out. So what I, the, the bright side of it, and I'm actually pretty excited is that I think we're seeing such a dramatic sort of dumbing down of a lot of these that I think in a few years in order to get out of that noise, of these simplified designs, they're going to be begging for really cool artwork. And that's, that's sort of my uh, light at the end of the tunnel here is that I think, in like I said, in a few years, we'll see a, a proliferation. I can't believe I can't say that. Um, proliferation. You're editing that out. We're going to put that on loop. It's going to be 10 minutes of you saying proliferation. Thank you for saying it. Uh, so I, I just think we're going to see a lot more really, really fun, creative stuff to get out of that noise of the um, that modern times, uh, you know, lockup that, that we're just seeing so much of. Yeah, even modern times has kind of gone from their OG kind of branding to you know, with their IPAs, the, you know, the really vivid and lucid kind of uh, color patterns that they've been using. So it's been interesting to see them keep the you know that that branding with the different color hues but still you know have these for their more kind of quick turn you know ipas if i'm not if i if i fully understand the branding but yeah i had the, i had the opportunity to go out there and visit and it was really cool to just to kind of see how, how that was all set up it was cool i'm actually a huge fan of their branding it maybe doesn't sound like it um but i think that they're absolutely spot on and brilliant and i think that i guess a lot of just copying them right now, I feel like. Um, but what what I love about what they're doing is that they, they've got this, you know, this core look, um, but they do on those specialty items, like you mentioned, they break out of that, and that's where you can have some fun. So I think that's really uh, where people are going to, is they're going to have their, like, their core lineup look really similar um, so that people know where to find it. But then they're going to have a lot more fun on those specialty beers. So I think there's always going to be those fun bombers and specialty beers that, that we'll get to have some fun with as artists. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think that looking at correct, because if you go back and then you keep going back to, to Sierra. And, um, but yeah, you, I mean, they were kind of the pioneers of that. They had like the same you know, shell, you know, a lot of their, you know, beers, but it, you know, had that variance too, you know, right? You, it was the, the ribbon and where it was in the center of the circle and what have you, but it was different. And so I think that, yeah, you really kind of see that. Um, I, I really like that. I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan, especially doing freelance websites and what have you, and always having that passion, you know, a good style sheet goes a, a long way with me. Absolutely. Let's see how the Summerfest, boy, I mean, that was one of those first, you know, craft seasonals that I can think of. Um, and maybe that's just, I'm living in my bubble here. Uh, but but they did. I think that at that time they did have it right with the you know the core lineup, you know having that that similar look and you know you know you're building the brand around Sierra Nevada with doing that, and then you're building the occasion for summer with those seasonals. So I do think at that time um, they did a pretty good job with that. Not probably not even knowing what they were doing as much as it was just intu intuitive. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, that was that. That to me. Is one of the first kind of key brandings. I mean, I it's kind of funny because I love I love IPAs and you know pale ales more than I probably did back back when I first got into it. But I was always like, oh, that. and that, that was like the, the that and like Magic Cat were ones that you could get like that were weren't just the 
the big boys or the ABs and the cores and the Millers, right? And it was always exciting to be able to get those. But I didn't always love I didn't always love the you know, Sierra Pale, but it was just kind of I always knew it was better than what I could get. But then once they started branching out into the you know the summer and the other ones, it was I, I, my love was still there for it. And it was it was a it was fun because I I could branch out and still support you know folks who weren't you know the the macros or the kind of the the man so to speak and so that was that was that was exciting for me so i know that that resonated for me pretty early on it was like oh wow there's just more than you know than og green right it was i was excited about that to you know like i said we're around the same age so i'm not trying to make you sound older but uh what are some of your favorite you know beers and, and styles that you're enjoying well you know i it definitely um is nice to be in the business. I do have uh, clients that send me beer. Um, so, uh, you know, but so it's hard to say I like everything. It's, uh, it's kind of <laughs> sounds bad, but I really do uh, like changing up my, uh, my beer styles. I don't just drink IPAs. I don't, I'm very seasonal uh, drinker. I, if it's, if it's cold out, I feel like a stout or, you know, Russian Imperial stout. Um, I do like my light IPAs. You know, we're really fortunate in Northern California. I've got a lot of great breweries um, making really great IPAs that you can get fresh. Uh, so I always have a really good IPA in my fridge um, that I can drink that's really fresh. And so I am with the IPAs. I'm always looking for what's, you know, what's brewed in the last week or so. And that's usually what I grab. Uh, for a while, I was uh, Vinny was sending me some cases of beer and um, for some label work, and I was got really spoiled uh, with that. He uh, sent me some of the Tornado 30th anniversary beer that I did for them, and man, you can get a lot of favors with a case of Russian River. I'll tell you. Yeah, that was one of the first. Like I did beer trade. I remember getting my first Pliny's in the mail, and I was just like, I think we're having to. If I remember correctly, I remember a Super Bowl party, and they came like the day before, and I just felt like I feel like I was the king. Like I had, I think I had like four Pliny the Elders, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey guys, look what I have for the Super Bowl." And then I think almost every year since then, I've tried to like make sure we always have, you know, turn folks on who didn't really appreciate beer or didn't know that they appreciated beer, and you know, always every year for the Super Bowl, I do like kind of a a beer tasting for you know novices and you know buddies of mine who were. He'll bring over some bottles, so it's always a fun time. The uh, you know I do like to support my clients too, um, and also obviously drink out of a can that I designed or a bottle. Um, and so I I, it, I really am fortunate to work with some great brewers that you might not have heard of, uh, like Wildcard Brewing in Reading. There's this you know small brewery making unbelievable beers at a you know, world-class level, I think. And so I love to support those guys. Um, you know, they support me with my oh, yeah. art and, uh, man, I'll give them a shout out for just making awesome beer. So, so, you know, same with Mad River. I, I love drinking that, that beer just cause like there's, it's just, it's special. It just means a lot to me to support them. And it, it tastes better when I've designed the label. I'll tell you that. Nice. I hear you. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, first world problems. You have too many you know, <laughs> beer friends to to enjoy their work, so it's always the, to, it makes you appreciate the process more. And especially when somebody's small and they're they're really investing in you to you know bring their 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 beer to life. It's really it's really important. I think it's a really it's a big decision. You know, I think it really just says a lot. You know, there's a lot of trust there, and it, it just really 
it's really it's really special you know there's that that relationship especially like you're saying they're spending all this time and they're small and so every barrel counts and so it's uh it's really it's really nice to to hear that and the guys that come to me for art do care a lot i mean they're not they don't they're not just I mean, they care about their brand so much that they're like going to handle it themselves. They're not just sending it off to some agency, you know, and that that's special, too. I think it shows that, like, they're willing to work with somebody on the work, you know, on the project and be hands on um, because it would be really easy, you know, especially if you have the budget for it, just to say, hey, I'll hire this agency to come in and do it. And, you know, they'll put tons of dollars and people behind this project and we'll, you know, we won't have to put a lot of resources on our end as a brewer you know to doing this work we can just sort of you know outsource it um and so for but the guys that are coming to me um honestly like they want to be a part of the project more than just sort of handing it off uh, so i and i don't even maybe i don't know why that is maybe but um but it's just it's cool so i know when i work with people that like if they care that much about the branding that they care more about the beer and it, you know, and it comes through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. So definitely it's, uh, like we went back to, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, less, you know, less folks are you know, smaller can be better at times. And so I think you have the, the full gamut of that, which is like, you know, to, to say it once again is, uh, is impressive and you know, just really glad we're able to kind of learn more about you and your, your process and, who you're working with so I, I you know i once again thank you for being a part of it oh cool appreciate you having me i yeah. like i said i'm a fan of the show and it was it's fun to talk about um you know all this the, the beer industry i can yeah talk about the beer biz forever um oh yeah i think i uh, definitely you know uh, the the end goal is always at the end you know we say we'd love to have a beer in 3d and i definitely would, would love yeah. to do that with you now one question you know you are a musician and you know you're you're classical and your jazz to your nine inch nails so i'm i'm excited to see where this question is going to go you know what are you what kind of music you listening to or do you listen to music while you're creating and if so what do you you know what are you listening to what's the what's the jason robertson studio uh you know creation process sound like so my favorite band in the world is fink from london f-i-n-k i absolutely love these guys you got to check them out no one's heard of them they never play in the u.s which makes me crazy but i love i love those guys so um you know, most of the time I've got some Fink going or some Jose Gonzalez, um, you know, pretty mellow. That's if I feel like, you know, mellow stuff that's not going to distract me, I'll put on the Jose Gonzalez. But, uh, you know, for the most part, if I'm working on a project, especially like a creative project for a brand, I'll listen to stuff that gets me in the mood for the brand. So, you know, for example, I'm, I was working on a, a label for Atco Brewing from New Jersey. So, I, you know, of course, I've got to put on like some Springsteen, right? And and so what's cool about working with Highland in North Carolina, there's, you know, any kind of Appalachian mountain music goes well with, with them. So I like to get in the mood for whatever I'm working on. Um, I think it's important. I, I probably put too much on it, but I, it's, it's a part of my process for sure. Actually, at one point I was like documenting what I listened to when I was working on projects because I thought it was that important. But, but I do think that it, especially for me as a musician, it helps me get into that mindset of the brand and try to really, um, you know, just get in the shoes of the brewer, um, you know, because I think that's important to to kind of come from, I don't know, or just try to, you know, come try to see as much from their eyes as possible as I'm working. Like when I did Mad River, 
I listened to the Grateful Dead basically nonstop for you know weeks while I worked on their stuff just because I I felt like it was the right thing to do and it put me in the spirit of their brand. So you know, like I said, usually it's pretty mellow stuff while I'm working. I don't like something that's going to yell at me or distract me as much as I just want some ambient you know noise going. But always I can't work without music. That's I just can't. I, I cannot design if there's no music. It's bizarre. So yeah, so most of my day I've got 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 the tunes cranking. I um I work from home and just crank up the tunes and make uh, beer labels for my house. I love it, man. I love it. I love the music. How important it is. I was hoping that's where it was going to go, and I think it ties it all up perfectly together. I really think that you're a very thoughtful, you know, designer. You know, you make a lot of really smart and calculated choices that I, I think that a lot of folks and uh, one more question since you've been in that a while what would you have any advice for maybe you know uh you know somebody getting their you know, getting their feet wet or starting out you know where you know any of any advice i mean I, I think that that would be really a nice way to kind of end this because i i do i re- do really truly feel you have a great perspective and you know you're very very thoughtful in your process and you know, your appreciation for your craft you know, I, I guess I would just get to know one brand really well. And I think that's what worked so well for me was just diving in so deep into one brand. Like I just was able to see it from so many different angles. And that would be my best advice is, you know, even if you just do one label for somebody, like try to do another, try to try to keep working with that one company and really get to know them on on every level that you can because when, when you go to the next job, the experience of getting to know that that brand will carry over. And then, you know, and again and again, and it just kind of keeps going on. Those experiences that you get getting to know a company and getting to know a brand um, just come quicker and quicker. So that, like, when I get, you know, a crazy rush job from a new brewery, I feel like I can dive into that brand so much quicker now because, you know, of that getting to know Sierra Nevada for so long it's just i just draw on that experience constantly well there we go folks see i love it i appreciate it jason remember everybody head on over to the jason's website craftbeerbranding.com we got to get you on instagram i know uh, maybe you're a little old school but i think that would be <laughs> you know i think we could get some of your stuff up there maybe you know convince you to do that just saying i got gotcha. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I I get it. It's a whole thing. I get it. It's a, it's it's the it's the create you know craft beer branding vibe. And so I, I get it. But I think we I got myself everywhere. I just it's so it's one more place. Yeah. No. It's like you've got the LinkedIn, the Behance, the Dribble. Okay. I'll do Instagram. Yeah. There's another one the artists are using. I think it's called Vino or whatever. I signed up for that. I have no idea what the hell that is. But I just figured like I saw these artists using it. It was. I think they're all people got angry about the Instagram algorithm, and I was just like, "All right, well, they're going over there. I should follow them." I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, like I like I said, I just I do it on Instagram. It populates you know to a few places, makes it look like I'm multifaceted, and basically then I stick with the royal we and uh, you know hope for the best. So yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, Jason, thank you so much again. You know, Jason Robertson, uh, craftbeerbranding.com. You know. Uh, yeah, we, I look forward to our, our beers in 3D in the future. And uh, if you're ever on my coast, you know, get in touch, and I would love to love to connect with you. Sounds great. All right, Jason, you have a great day, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I, I really uh, admire you, so thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, talk soon. Bye.
And there we have it, folks. The Jason Robertson interview right here. 16 ounce canvas ties it all together. Really great episode. Really enjoyed speaking with Jason, getting his perspective. I like the part where, you know, we're just kind of thinking about it, where, you know, talking about the state of the industry or, or the, the label scene and, you know, his opinions on that. And we don't necessarily agree, but that was really nice. I, I really liked the new direction that kind of went and really allowed for some, you know, different dialogue and perspective on things. And so that that's really uh, that's really nice. It was a good evolution of the of the question framework and what we've been trying to do here. And I think that could, you know, impact us for, you know, for future episodes. So really just you never know what you're going to expect here. We try and keep it loose, make it natural. Hopefully you enjoy that that dynamic of it. This is definitely, uh, you know, not stuffy. You know, we always tell folks we're not trying to catch them off guard. This is not an expose. There's a one point where we, you know, the edit point out, but it, I thought it was just funny. Jason's laughing, you know, he got a little tongue tied there. And so, Jason, if you're listening, you want me to edit that out, we can, you know, we'll go back. But I just thought it was, I just thought it was funny. Um, you know, I could, I could feel and hear the laughter and, you know, some of the, the bumps or the edits, you know, the B-sides are always some of the best stuff. So I just, you know, it got us laughing. I think it helped to, to you know, impact the mood of the interview. And so, you know, that was my that was my big creative decision here for the episode. So that's how easy it is sometimes for me. These folks make it easy telling their stories, you know, life experiences, and, you know, they'll talk and talk and talk. And I fucking love it. It's awesome. I just sit back, you know, the record is going, the reels are rolling. You know, I would kick my feet up, but I just know that would usually probably end up with me falling, you know, legs overhead and just kind of the artist being like, hello, hello, AJ, you there? So we don't get that comfy, but uh, it's definitely a nice, you know, studio we have here. And we're going to look to, you know, look to upgrade in the future. But You've been listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, episode number 61, Jason Robertson, craftbeerbranding.com, former art director and designer for Sierra Nevada, doing great stuff, working with the brewery, Highland Brewing Company, Cisco, Mad River, and many, many more. So check his website out, look at his portfolio. We will definitely alert you with breaking news when we get Jason to join Instagram. Maybe do it in celebration of the episode. You know, maybe that would be kind of that would be cool, Jason. If you do sign up for Instagram, having the first post be, you know, we'll give you the image or we can make one to you know, to promote the episode. But the feedback has already been good. Jason has a great support system, and you know he's got some got some fans are definitely around the Cali area, which is really cool to see. So thank you to everybody who's you know reached out, like the, the page on Facebook, One Six OZ Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Jason's got a squad and they rep, so uh, really happy to see that. So really having a great time. I want to thank you once again. Remember, it is craft beer week here in the States, so find the seal, support your local brewery, your local you know, tap room and brew pub. Folks are working hard. Hopefully they're bringing you good beer, good experience. It's competitive out there, but if you got a good local brewery or tap room, you know, go support them. It's awesome. It's never been a better time to be a craft beer connoisseur or consumer or enjoyer or weekend craft beer fan or maybe you only drink craft beer on Thursdays and every other Sunday. Who knows? 
but there are selections out there and it is good life is good the dude abides work hard play hard insert other acronyms and life stories but remember this summer july 14th through the 29th we're bringing this podcast to life bringing it to 3d keller liddell gallery new haven connecticut we have eight amazing artists. We've got a couple more that we're poking and prodding to get us, you know, to, to join us. But we'll keep you updated on that. So stay tuned. Get in touch. Remember to use the hashtag 16OZCanvas. Pound sign, tic-tac-toe, number sign, whatever it is you want to call it, just use it. Folks are using it. It's been amazing. And lastly, wherever you get your podcast on, you know, maybe head on over to you know, Apple. If you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, rating it or leaving a review, it definitely helps. You know, it gets us out there, moves us up into the the rankings, I guess, or maybe gets us ranked. I don't know. But I just know that it's a little self-serving. It gives me, you know, having a shitty day, go over there and see some of the, the feedback or just, you know, how many stars we got. But um, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for being a part of this experience. We're going to keep moving forward and seeing what the next chapter brings. So have a good week. Have a good day. Have a good afternoon. Have a good morning. Have a good evening. Go get some sleep. Have a nice road trip. Insert other cool life experience that maybe, you know, you're pairing this with. And just thank you once again. So I'm AJ. Until next week, you have been listening to the 16-ounce canvas the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Cheers. Cheers.